welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. As we uh, start this series, I'm excited on so many levels. Um, first of all, this sermon is pre-recorded. Uh, Becca and I right now, uh, as you're watching this, are on sabbatical. And uh, just to let you know, that's a, a great thing. That's a, a period of rest where you just go and recharge and, and say, hey, I want to look at what's next and refocus. And uh, that's exactly what we're doing. And uh, I want to say thank you to the church for this. It was something we put in place when we started the church uh, 20 years ago and said we'd get a three-month sabbatical. Uh, to get uh, away and recharge and think about what was next for the church. And so that's what we're doing right now. And to think that 20 years ago, we put this in place and now it's reality. Uh, And I just want to say thank you to the church for allowing us to have that time to be away on sabbatical. And uh, we are no dummies. We are in a warm place and uh, we're not feeling guilty at all. All right. So, uh, but anyways, uh, if you miss us, uh, I'll be on the Life Group videos for the next couple weeks with this series. And uh, I love that technology has allowed us to stay connected, and uh, our, I'm believing the church is going to grow. I'm believing the church is going to thrive. I'm, uh, I'm believing that uh, we have an amazing team. It's never built on one person, and uh, the whole team is ministering and taking care of the church, and this church is moving forward. So uh, first of all, we're excited because we're on sabbatical. Secondly, I'm excited because it's our annual series, and in our annual series, uh, we always do this at the beginning of the year. And we have a a whole uh, system to this where you're in a life group, where we have the sermon, where we have a a workbook for you. And this is uh, so important for you. I couldn't stress it enough for you to be a part of our uh, annual series. And I want to say this, um, even if I'm throwing everyone for a curveball here, um, I want you to get into a a life group even now. Uh, Campuses, you have to figure out how to accommodate this. Uh, I know it starts this weekend, but even if people have not signed up, we've got to get them in. It's too important for people to miss this. Um, This is where you're going to find friends. And I know this, that you could worship anywhere, and you come to a church, and you say, do these people want me, and is there a place for me, and can I serve, and can I grow, and can I make friends, and that's yes, yes, and yes. And um, this is the way for you to connect. And I want you to get a sample of what life groups are about. Life groups, we have uh, all sorts of life groups, and you can start it with uh, just something that you enjoy and ask other people to do it with you. You could study the Word of God. Um, I once had a scuba group. I wanted to get scuba certified. So we had 12 people in our, our scuba life group. We had a devotion to start with. I'm telling you, life groups are an important part of our church, and it's where you're going to make friends. You're going to grow in community. You're going to be stretched. You're going to have an ability to ask questions and to help one another. So I want you in on this annual series um, uh, as, we, as we start this together. 
And then uh, I, I believe this uh, sermon series is in our sweet spot. I really believe that. I believe um, it's called Go. It's not called Go Kids. I want you to be clear on that. It's called Go because it's about uh, the mission of God and what we're all about as a church and about being on mission to go into all the world and to reconcile the world to God. And um, I believe this uh, sermon series is our sweet spot. I believe it's uh, exactly what uh, just oozes out of our church, oozes out of who we are, and I believe it really is the heartbeat of heaven. I believe it's the heartbeat of God that says, um, I want to reach mankind, and we're going to talk about that today. Um, I believe in this series you're going to understand God more, and I believe you're going to love God more, and because of that, I'm very, very, very excited for this series. So um, we're going to dig in, and I got to tell you this, this is a, um, a, a teaching, this is a, a deeper uh, teaching that we're going to do. And um, I, I, it's, it's the foundation for it. And of all the weeks that we're going to have in the series, this one will probably be the, um, I don't know, the deepest teaching or the toughest. Uh, you got to pay attention a little more. Um, and so, uh, not that you don't have to pay attention at the other ones, but you, this is, you'll get it. You'll get it as we go on. Um, so let me just tell you what we're going to talk about in these five weeks and let you know. Um, this is something that I'm excited about. Um, the, week one is uh, Missio Dei. Uh, we're talking about the mission of God. Then week two, we're talking about the mission of the kingdom. And I want to let you know that uh, we have Bob Hoskins coming in. And uh, just to let you know, this man is a legend in the world of Christianity. Uh, he was the one that said, I want to get the Bible to every child in the world in the world. And so he started One Hope, and they go around giving the Bible to every child in the world. They've, they've taken whole countries, and I believe this. I, I don't believe this is an overstatement that in the um, world of Christianity, he would be one of those top people that has brought the gospel to more people on the planet uh, than just about anyone. Top 20, has to be top 20. Uh, Billy Graham, and I know you know about Billy Graham, but Bob Hoskins would be that guy that would be bringing the word of God to people, to children around the world. And so we are gonna have a legend at River Valley next week speaking about the second part, the mission of the kingdom. So we have the mission of God, the mission of the kingdom. What is the kingdom of God? You might hear about that. The mission of the church will be uh, part three. Uh, and when I say that, capital C, the church world worldwide. And then what's my mission? Like you're probably wondering, what's my mission? Where do I fit in? What do I do? And then um, the last one will be the mission of the local church. And I want to say this, um, I'm glad that we ended there and we'll end in this series there because it's not about you. It's about you being a part of the church and being on mission with what God wants you to do. So we're going to dig in. And again, this is a, uh, a technical thing. Uh, missio Dei. Missio Dei. It's on the screen. It's a Latin word that, uh, words that mean the mission of God. The mission of God. What is the mission of God? And it really refers to the work of the church being um, part of God's work, that God has a mission, and here's his mission. He wants to reconcile mankind back to himself. He is on mission right now to reconcile mankind, to make sure that mankind knows that they can be forgiven, that he wants relationship with them, that he created them for relationship, and that's his mission. And I want to let you know that everything we do at River Valley Church, um, we didn't dream up. God dreamt it up. 
God dreamt up that we would be on mission, that we would uh, be out there reaching people. And people say like, that's really great that you're the kind of church that wants to do this. No, that's God's heart. His heart is, I want you to be reconciled. I want you to be on mission to go out and reconcile people. And so it's an amazing thing that God reveals his glory, his majesty, and who he is. And he is on relationship mission. He's on mission to get people back into relationship. And... Um, I'll tell you this, every page of the Bible, if you really understand what's going on, really every page of the Bible is about relationship with God. It's all about God wants a relationship with you and, and you can see the ups and the downs of it and you can see the, the good and the bad and the rebellion and all these different things. But as you understand the word of God, you'll realize that it's oozing and it's saying that I desire relationship. I created mankind to have relationship with them and it's, it's oozing with that. And you'll realize that we're in a broken relationship, that man sinned and God's like, I want to fix it. I want to fix it. And this is God telling us over and over again, I love you. I desire you. I have want relationship with you. Um, man is rebellious and breaks things. And, and we're, we're so rebellious, we would eliminate God if we could. Mankind is so rebellious. And yet God's like, you can't eliminate me. I'm here. I want relationship with you. And it's all about, you know, it starts with paradise. It ends with paradise with God. And he's just like, I want relationship. And um, I just love the mission of God that he says, I love you. I want relationship with you. And that's what we're about as a church. And um, I tried to summarize this and I tried to summarize, you know, five words of the story of, of the Bible. And this is my attempt. I talked about it uh, not that long ago about trying to put uh, the Bible in five words. It was just a challenge that another pastor gave me. And I was like, okay, I'll try. And um, yeah, don't dare me. I might try it. But um, I, this is my attempt in, 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 your, in your life group. Here's a little homework. You can do it. Um, five words that I got. I get these words. God, creation, fall, redemption, restoration. God, creation, fall, redemption, restoration. That's my challenge to you or my thought and just trying to figure it out. And um, Here's the thing. I'll start with the first word there, God. I can't even imagine life without God. I believe in God. I believe in God. And some people are like, you believe in God? Absolutely, I believe in God. I can't even fathom life without God. I can't even imagine people that don't know or don't believe there is a God that it doesn't keep them up at night and just thinking and thinking and thinking, like what in the world are we here for? I believe in God and I believe that it all starts with God and it's all about God. And it's all for his glory. I believe in God. And I want to let you know this. And again, this is the most technical thing. We believe in a triune God. We believe in a trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We believe as perplexing as this is, they're three in one, that he, that he eternally exists in three distinct persons, but he's one in essence. And I know that that is huge. And you could spend life group upon life group upon life group talking about this. But I believe that there is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Father sends the Son, the Son sends the Spirit, and the Spirit sends us out to reconcile people back to the Father. It's an amazing thing. And it's so essential that we believe that uh, God is, is the beginning of everything and that God is Trinity and that God wants relationship. And here's, here's where I'm going with this. Why would I even talk about Trinity? Um, 
God is in relationship. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One in essence, three distinct persons, but they're in relationship. And it's amazing to me that God oozes relationship. He is relationship in this way. And he wants this community. And, and I was marveling at the, the, uh, just the amazing fact of the Trinity and how incredible the Trinity is. And you're like, is that what you do in your spare time? Not always. You know, I do golf and do other things. But I was marveling one day and I was doing my devotions and I was marveling at the Trinity and I was doing research about this. And I just thought it's absolutely amazing. And, and I forget what theologian said it, but he said, it's incredible that God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit because we can say God is love because the Bible says in 1 John 4, 8, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. God is love and he's always loved and he's always been in relationship, able to love. God the Father loving the Son, loving the Spirit, the Spirit loving God. And, and if he was just one without three distinct persons, he couldn't be love he'd be by himself and I thought that's incredible God has had relationship community love and I was like God that is so you, you really know what you're doing on Trinity and I thought I'm, I'm commending God on Trinity that I don't even really have that great of a grasp of but I have enough of a grasp of it to appreciate it and I was like wow that is incredible yay God okay so God it all starts with God, and God creates mankind, and we have this account in Genesis, and I'm going to jet tour again through the Bible um, a little bit, but God creates mankind, and he, the Bible says that he created us perfect, and he says it's all good, it's amazing, it's, it's wonderful. After every part of the creation, he's like, it's good, it's good, it's good. And we know from the biblical account in Genesis 2, 3, as we start to read the beginning of the Bible, that man sins and he breaks this relationship with God. They knew about God's glory, his majesty, his goodness, and they sin and they break the relationship. And the rest of the Bible, again, is this whole story of God saying, you know, I want to be reconciled with you. I wanted relationship with you. You broke it because of sin. And now we're broken because I'm perfect and I'm not, I have no sin. And now we're separated because of this. But I'm going to make every effort now to restore, to reconcile. I want to be in relationship. It's my mission now to be in relationship with, with you. And I think it's amazing. Maybe you've seen this in a, a store. Um, you know, usually it's not in an expensive store. Usually it's in some tourist trap store. <laughs> they have these signs that say, you break it, you buy it. How many know what I'm talking about? You break it, you buy it. And uh, usually it's like for the things you don't even want to buy. And so you definitely don't want to break them. But um, it, it, the, the point is, if you break it, you're responsible to fix it. You got to fix the problem. And the incredible thing about God is we broke it. Mankind broke it. And here's what he says. I'm going to fix it. You broke it. I buy it. You broke it, I pay the price. <laughs> I mean, that is absolutely incredible about God. And God promises in Genesis, no sooner does mankind break this world and bring sin into the world, he promises a deliverer. He says, uh, you broke it, I'll fix it. I'll pay the price. And the mission of God is expressed over and over and over again in the Bible. It's just, again, oozing with the heartbeat of heaven, saying, I want to be reconciled. And it's, it's just, he's initiating this. And again, just you break it, you buy it. He's offering a peace plan and he's in the position of power. I want you to understand this. He's offering the peace plan to us and, and he's in the position of power, not us. We are not in the position of power. We are in the position of weakness, brokenness. We broke it and yet God's like, I am offering you the truth. That's not the way it works. That's incredible. That's a God thing. Uh, again, whenever somebody offends me, 
Rob, Pastor Rob, just Rob, normal guy, Rob. Whenever somebody offends me, if they did the wrong, I want them to come and say they're sorry. And I kind of want them to wallow. I want to feel bad. I want them to recognize they did all sorts of wrong things and I'm not moving till they move. And because th- that's just the way it works on this earth, right? But I look at God and I realize that he's like, I move before you move. I'm in the position of strength and I move before you move because my, my mission is to be in relationship with you. I don't want to stiff arm you. I want to be in relationship with you. And I think about my own self. I think, I don't know that I want relationship very much. I think I want to be right more often than I want relationship. And that kind of makes me want to be more like Jesus and say, I desire relationship with people more than being right. I desire forgiveness and and wholeness more than standing off by myself and doing my own thing and making sure that I'm right and people know how right I am. If God's like, I'm right, but I desire a relationship and I want to I initiate forgiveness, I need to be a better Christian. I need to be a better Christian. I need to be a better follower of Jesus Christ. That's why we're in Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. It's amazing. He's saying, my plan is for you to be reconciled. And even while you're my enemies, even while you're sinful, when I say enemies, enemies, I mean just separate. I really believe God's heart is love. But he, he's saying, you're, you're separate from me and you're sinful and I can't embrace sin. And even while you're in sin, I'm sending the solution. And I did a sermon and I, I, I think we should make a link or somewhere, be sure to get it out, make sure it's up on the website. Um, so much more was the sermon, so much more. And I talked about uh, Romans where it continues. It said that while we were his enemies, he sent Jesus. How much more does he love us now that we're his children? You know, it's just... It, it blows my mind. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself, but God is on mission to restore relationship and he's offering forgiveness. And I want you to understand this. All throughout the Bible, God is offering people to, to bring forgiveness. With Abraham, he's like, Abraham, I need you to, to follow me to a place you don't even know about um, because I want to bring forgiveness. I want to bless everybody on the entire planet and everyone that's coming through you. Will you leave your home and and let me use you to work my mission of reconciliation? And, And just so you know, in the day and age that Abraham did this, to go 200 miles from your home was seen as monumental. It'd be like, for us, we just jump in a plane like, oh, go here, go there, go there. We do global teams all the time. For them to be more than 200 miles away from your home was seen as like heroic. And God's like, Abraham, I want you to do something heroic. I want you, do you understand? I'm so wanting to reconcile man and I need you to do something heroic to help this process. And Abraham says, yes, what a guy. But God's like, I'm sending you. Exodus 3, when God's people are in uh, captivity, he's like, that's not my plan. I want to reconcile man and I cannot reconcile man if you're in captivity and you're in slavery. And so God sends Moses. He's like, my whole thing is about sending people to help reconcile mankind to me. He's doing it over and over and over again in the Bible. In Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6, again, this is the heartbeat of God, his reconciliation, his plan, his relationship, his wanting to give forgiveness. In Isaiah 6, 8, he says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. God's always looking to send people. 
God's always looking to send people, and he's like, my plan is reconciliation. I want to bring forgiveness, and this is my plan. And so it's the mission of God. It's the mission of God, and he's saying, I want, I want mankind reconciled. And so just read it in that, in that understanding. Every time you see this, God sending a prophet, God sending someone, it's like that's his heartbeat. It'll help you understand, like, even other stories, like Jonah, where people don't want to do what God, God's like, I'm looking for somebody to send. Jonah, will you go? No. And God's like, I want somebody to go. And he sends a whale. I mean, you know, it's like, so he's like, it's my heart. Don't, don't go against my heart. I want you to understand my heart is to reconcile mankind. I don't have time to read all of it, but in Isaiah 61, uh, verses 1 through 3, it, three, it talks about, that God's going to send someone to restore. God's going to send someone to restore mankind. And that's his plan. And in Luke 4, when Jesus actually gets up in the temple and he reads from Isaiah 61, he says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your midst. He's like, I'm here. God's plan is about to take place. Here I am. Everything God's been hoping for. He's been sending all these prophets and sending all these men and women of God to make sure the plan gets uh, to you. And now guess what? The plan is here. And I can just, I mean, you talk about a mic drop. When Jesus read that, I just, I envision a, a, a scroll drop, you know, poof, you know, it wasn't like a book, but it was a scroll drop. I mean, that, that's the ultimate scroll drop right there. All right. And it's amazing. He's like, I'm here. It's so close. It's so close. It's so close. And uh, Jesus goes to pay the price on the cross. The Bible tells us that he paid the price. And I want to read a scripture to you. And I kind of want to focus on this with the remainder. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 17 through 21. Stick with me. It's a little longer passage. But it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself. You get that? All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That's just so much right there. But recognize this. God reconciled us. Remember, we broke it, but he still fixed it. He took the initiation to do it. And it says God reconciled uh, us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That's what we're to do. We're supposed to be on the mission of God now. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Absolutely mind-boggling. That passage, we could preach on that for a year. We could. God God did the work. He did the work. He paid the price so that we can be reconciled. And now we're on mission to go out and tell people that God wants them to be forgiven, that God paid the price on Jesus. And then it's it's not only did he forgive us our sin when we ask him to, he uh, gives us Jesus' righteousness, which is more than we ever deserved. It's like God gives us, like imagine failing the test And then God says, I forgive you for the test and I give you Jesus' test. And now you get an A and you're like, that is awesome. Not only did I not, I didn't just, you you got rid of my F and you gave me an A. That's incredible. That doesn't even do it justice of what it's saying right here. But the whole thing is God is love. And I want to stop for just a moment. Everything about that was about God loving us and wanting us to be in relationship with him. And I think it's a wrong attitude towards God. Like, God was angry. 
and he was so mad at mankind, he was angry. And so he threw his anger on Jesus, and he threw all the things he wanted to do to you on Jesus. And, and, he, and instead of doing it to you, he did it to Jesus. Okay, wrong perspective. Wrong perspective. God is love. And he was in relationship with mankind, and we broke it. And we broke his heart. And instead of being mad, he's the whole time he's just like, I love you guys. I love you guys. I got to figure out how to get back in love with you, you to be back in love with me. And I love you guys. I love you guys. And his whole thing is like, I love you so much. What does the Bible say? God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. He loves, he loves. And, and he wasn't, Jesus didn't die to satisfy God's anger issues. Jesus died so that God could show you how much he loves you. That just changes your whole perspective. He's like, I'm not mad. I'm, I don't like sin and sin separates us and I can't stand sin, but I love you so much. I sent my son so that I could show you how much I love you. And I put everything that you did wrong on him because I love you and I want relationship with you and that just changes your whole perspective. And that's why when we sing the song, like, no wonder we call you Savior. No wonder we sing your praises. Wow. Wow. Incredible, incredible, incredible. We ought to be in awe of the mission of God, that God, who could have stood away from us, chased us down, and then said, I love you so much. I put everything wrong you did there. Now I've done my part so we can be reconciled. That's what that text says. It says, God reconciled himself to us through Jesus. Like, he did it. He did it. We, we couldn't even initiate this reconciliation. And his heartbeat was all the time, be reconciled, be reconciled, be back together. And he did all the work, and now he's making an offer. And if I could say this, if God is offering forgiveness, take the offer. Take the offer. And here at all of our campuses, in just a few minutes, you're going to have an opportunity to receive that offer. God's like, I did everything I can. My heartbeat is reconciled with you. Reconciled. I want to, it's all about God sending Jesus and then Jesus paying the price. And now we can be reconciled. And it's an amazing thing. And Jesus is saying, I'm giving you the offer. I'm giving you the offer. And the offer is made out of love. It's not made out of anger. And it's, I'm just saying, if he's offering this, take the offer. Now people will say to us, um, what's the secret of the growth at the church and one of the keys? And I think there's uh, simple things that we do, but this is a very large thing we do. And one of the reasons I believe God's favor rests on this church is our heart beats with the heartbeat of God. We have synced up. We have synced up with the heartbeat of God. And we're not perfect, but I'm telling you what, our, our values, our mission, our, our expenditures are about reaching people and reaching more people and reaching more people. And we have aligned with the mission of God that says God wants to be reconciled to mankind and wants mankind to be reconciled to him. And so I, I think the more you align with that, the more God is like, yes, yes, that's my heart. That's my heartbeat. Yes, and so I think when we ooze kingdom builders and global project and giving 10% to missions and doing this, it's like a, a sinking and linking up. And I think one of the saddest things I ever hear as a pastor is, um, I don't know that uh, I want to be a part of a church that wants to reach so many people. I mean, I'm like, You're like, what? Why would you say that? That's the heartbeat of the Father. 
That's the heart. I mean, I'm like, when, when I hear people like, oh, I don't want to be a missionary. I got news for you. If you are a Christian, you're a missionary. <laughs> you're a missionary. You're a, it's here, there, everywhere. I mean, it, it's, it's forever, always and forever. It never, I mean, you are a missionary. You are a part, you're here. Doesn't mean that you're, that you're crossing an ocean. It means you're sent, okay? And if you are reconciled with God, that Second Corinthians passage is like, God reconciled us through Jesus and now we are ambassadors, and you're in, you're a missionary. And so get, get a grip on that. It's sad when people say, I don't want to do it. It's sad when a church is like, yeah, we're just not into growth. We're just not into reach. You know, we're not into reaching that many. It's the heartbeat of heaven. It's the heartbeat of heaven. And when we sync up with the heartbeat of heaven, I believe that all of a sudden God's favor rests on it. It's the heartbeat of heaven. I'll close with this. I believe this. I believe that the heartbeat of God, I believe the heartbeat of God is just beating over and over again. And I believe he's saying this. I believe he's saying reconcile, forgiveness. I love you. I desire a relationship. Go reach them. I desire a relationship. I love them. I forgive them. And I think that's his heartbeat. And here's the problem with us. I believe that many times our heartbeat is this. What about me, my needs, stuff, money, sports, entertainment? And our heart is out of sync. And I believe the heartbeat of God over and over and over again is go find them. I love them. Forgive. Reconcile. Jesus. Savior. Go get them. And I want our heart at this church to sync up with the heartbeat of God. I want our heart to say, God, if your heart and your mission is to go and restore mankind and to be in relationship, I want our church to be restored and in line with the heartbeat of God. And so, Lord, I just pray right now that our church would be lined up with the heartbeat of God. May our heart beat like your heart beats. Forgiveness, reconcile, relationship, community, love, forgiveness. May our heart beat that way. Forgive us for our heart beating after other things in this world. And may our heart beat after the things that your heart beats after. And so, God, I pray even now today in just a moment with our heads bowed and our eyes closed here and at all of our campuses as we get ready to give an opportunity for people to be reconciled with God. Those of us that have already been reconciled with you, God, I just pray right now that we would realize that there are people in that moment of decision and we're praying and we're urging them and we're, we're just begging them to give their life to Jesus and to be forgiven. And I pray right now that we come in agreement with them. And with our heads bowed and our eyes closed at all of our campuses now, an opportunity will be given to give our life to Jesus Christ. And so we just pause for that opportunity and say, Lord Jesus, help people to be reconciled to you, the mission of God to be realized, and them to be forgiven of their sins.